You're listening to the Student to Student Podcast. I'm your host, James O'Douda. This podcast is made possible by the Student Life Network, your resource hub for all things school, and Canada's Luckiest Student, the largest student giveaway in Canada. Today we have Emily Canning, and she is in the final year at Ryerson University for the Nutrition Sciences program. She's the perfect guest to tackle questions like what to shop for, diet tips, and eating well as a student. So if you're looking to improve your energy levels, nutrition knowledge, or just want some helpful information on what to eat, you're going to get a lot of value from Emily and this episode. So Emily, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Woke up from a nap about 40 minutes ago and came on down here. Mm. So yeah, it was pretty good. Love naps. Oh yeah, so let's let's get this rolling right away because today actually I did this. I was shopping today. What okay. is on your grocery list or shopping list when you go out? My grocery list, you might be surprised to hear, is pretty boring. Um, I stick to a lot of staple pantry items. Uh, so like oats, quick oats are a, a staple. Um, peanut butter is a staple. Um, eggs or egg whites, um, and then any kind of uh, produce that's on sale. So just you kind of stay away from the inner aisles yeah as much as you can i would stick to sort of the outer perimeter um and there's this misconception that eating healthy has to be more expensive that's really not true um so you stick to the outer perimeter and you stick to stuff that's on sale i mean you ask yourself what are you realistically going to eat in a week and it doesn't have to be you know the steak you know the ribeye that's there um you know check for uh maybe some some protein sources that have you know a 30 percent off sticker because they're getting rid of it at the end of the day you can throw that in the freezer and make it another day um or even in terms of produce like they'll often have deals um and you know if you take advantage of that it doesn't have to be really expensive to eat healthy uh if anything it can be cheaper than a lot of the uh unhealthier options so on your like what's your weekly budget for grocery shopping like 100 bucks kind of or even less than that probably less than that Yeah. yeah a week i would say uh, depends, but about 40 to 50 bucks. And that's just all because you like have oats for breakfast with like say yogurt and that stuff's super yeah. cheap. And like, it, the, the, so the price only really builds up when you buy meat, I guess, right? Yeah. And even then I'm pretty, I'm pretty frugal. Um, so my freezer's always stocked. I've got like my little Ziploc baggies and I pack, uh, and I pack stuff away. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love, don't get me wrong. I love almond butter, but peanut butter is just cheaper and it's a perfectly good source of nutrients as well. Right. Um, so yeah, it's all about working with, within your means. So why did you want to get into nutrition in the first place? That's a good question. I honestly, it started off with an interest in weightlifting. Um, so I realized when I was 17, 18 years old, um, that I was very uncoordinated and I needed to find a way to stay fit, um, outside of playing sports. And so I picked up a set of dumbbells, um, and that quickly turned into how can I, maximize my return on this investment you know I'm lifting these weights I'm doing you know cardio I'm doing various exercises how can I make sure that that hard work isn't gone to waste how do I improve my diet um, so that it matches that effort Um, and then this interest in sort of sports nutrition was born Um, and so that was why I eventually decided to uh, pursue an education in in nutrition and food because I just thought it was so interesting um, how much of an important role nutrition plays in our lives and it's it's so applicable to everybody, you know, everybody eats, everybody talks about food. We've all, yeah, we've all got a, got something to eat, right? Yeah. So when you talk about that dieting change for you and you want to see those results outside of the gym, did you go on a full on diet or did you just make small adjustments to like what you were already eating? I did. So when I first started, I didn't really 
know much about the fitness industry. Um, I saw like a post on some kind of female fitness blog about what to eat, and I followed that for a bit. Um, and then I was introduced to the wonderful, wor wonderful wor world of uh, dieting and the yo-yo dieting and how there are different catchphrases um, and sort of uh, tactics to sway people from one diet to the next. Um, and then people kind of wonder why diets don't really work. Um, and that as well was a source of great interest to me. Um, so I did start off with something kind of too specific, I think, and uh, eventually worked my way to a more balanced kind of sustainable diet um, that I try to eat now. So what do you mean by a sustainable diet? Is that like just like something like a lifestyle adjustment for you? Yeah. Or do you like work off of diets that you used in the past? I, for me, a sustainable diet, and for everybody, um, would be something that you can s realistically see yourself sticking to long term. Um, so if, you know, you see a diet online that is, you know, celery juice four times a day and some kind of crazy nonsense, like, are you realistically going to do that day in and day out for years? No, you're not. Of course you're not. And you shouldn't. It's not healthy. Um, so I would say that a sustainable diet is one that meets your uh, nutrient needs. Um, so in terms of carbohydrates, proteins, fats, um, all your micronutrients as well. Um, but still... Uh, you can still have pleasure from it. You know, you still enjoy eating. You don't feel like you're suffering through another meal. Um, you know, food should be enjoyed, and that really is how you stick to is how you stick to a diet. You find foods that uh, are not only biologically fulfilling but are mentally fulfilling as well. So, like adding some extra spice on some chicken instead of eating that plain chicken. Yeah. Oh, that. screw plain chicken. Yeah. <laughs> so, did you when you were doing your bodybuilding? Did you do a lot of that extreme? dieting that they did I did yeah yeah so that was I mean I know I just said screw plain plain chicken but uh yeah and it was a lot of plain chicken broccoli sweet potato uh for months um and that was probably the most extreme yo-yo dieting um phase that I ever went through uh because for six months I did that um so it was like egg whites plain chicken like just the most boring bland diet that you could possibly imagine and like don't get me wrong I got really lean I worked really hard um but once that was over, I, I like lost control when it came to food for a bit. I had been depriving myself of food that I enjoyed for so long that I didn't know how to enjoy those foods in moderation anymore. My brain was almost like in a starvation mode where I was just like, eat all the food eat all that the time. Eat pizza. It yeah. was bad. Honestly, it was really bad. Like eating to the point of like being sick. And it was like, it honestly probably took me a solid year to kind of get myself back into a routine. Like it was quite challenging. So you would say that bodybuilding is one of those like unsustainable diets? For me and honestly for most people, um, I would say yes. Yeah, because to be that lean and deprived, um, it's really not sustainable for most people. You know, some people are just good at maintaining a lean body mass and great for them. But yeah, I'd say for most people, not the best. So when you talked about lifestyle adjustments, what what do you mean by that? By lifestyle adjustments, I mean making small tweaks to uh, to your life that will improve your health. So having um, the improvement of your health be kind of at the you know forefront of your mind when you make decisions. Like, for example, do you take an Uber to work? Do you take the subway? Do you walk? Are you able to walk? Um, so for me, like I personally, I live two subway stops from work or I live a half hour walk from work. And more often than not, I make the decision to walk because I know that it's good for me. Um, 
same with you know when you go to uh, when you go to a restaurant, you're going out with your friends. I think you should definitely enjoy that experience and try some new food. Um, but do you really need you know the side of fries with your burger? Like you're still you're already enjoying this juicy, delicious burger. Maybe get the salad instead. Um, and that's really not a huge sacrifice to make. It doesn't need to be this like drastic all or nothing um, decision. It can really be you know small decisions that you make every day that that improve your health. So like instead of having a bagel every morning, you have like yogurt and yeah. Or, or you know what? Like it that. doesn't even have to be that extreme. Like an English muffin. You know, it's a it's lower in carbs. It's a healthier it's a healthier alternative. Um, yeah, it doesn't even have to be a, a drastic change from one to the other. So even like snacking at night changed the snack from like chips to like a piece of fruit or something like that. Yeah, it's just little yeah. Things like the that. snacking so at like... night is a bit of a dangerous one. If you really find that you need something sustainable, if your mouth needs something to chew on at night, um, I would go with like veggies. You know, you can never eat too many veggies. Uh, maybe have a sweet tea if you're craving something sweet. I know it's tough. Trust me, I deal with the, the night cravings as well. But uh, yeah, that one's a bit of a, that's a tricky one for a lot of people. So it's almost just like look at what you're eating now and try to make it like a little bit healthier. Yeah, yeah, you so can definitely do that. So you're not cutting out all of your like eating pleasures. For sure, it. for sure. Like if you if you really enjoy chicken nuggets, maybe instead of getting fried chicken nuggets, try baking them instead. You know, it's like it's small sustainable changes so that you're not missing out on stuff. You're just, you know, making it a little different. A little so healthier. instead of looking at those like fitness magazines that are like lose 10 pounds in yeah. four weeks and then putting it right back on, you kind of... A sustainable that. weight loss pattern is you should be looking to lose one to two pounds a week. That is sustainable and that is healthy. Anything more than that, you're running the real risk that you're going to put it back on and then some. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's not good for your metabolism, really. So for people who do want to lose that like one to two pounds a week, would you do like, oh, try to lose like 10 pounds in 10 weeks and then like kind of take like a little break from trying to lose weight just so you don't get to an unhealthy weight? Yeah, I think, I mean, 10 pounds in 10 weeks, it depends really on, like you said, like you wouldn't want to be at an, at an unhealthy state. So someone who, um, you know, ideally would want to lose more than 10 pounds, they could keep going after that point. Um, but you do run the risk of kind of hitting a plateau as well. So it really depends on the individual. Um, you know, like for, uh, for most people, I think 10 pounds in 10 weeks is pretty significant. Um, so yeah, to maybe take a break, and that doesn't mean fall off the wagon. Um, that just means, you know, sustain what you have, see what's working for you, maybe what isn't. Um, and then if you've got more to lose, then, uh, you know, then keep on keeping on. Okay, that's perfect. So going on of that, like losing weight and going to the gym and being active, there's a lot of ads for like supplements and like meal replacements and vitamins. Are they really useful or are they all almost just like a, you don't really need them? Yeah, it it really depends. Um, and I say that because I, I tend to take a very food first approach when it comes to uh, your macronutrients and your micronutrients. So when I say macronutrients, I'm talking your protein, carbohydrates, fats, uh, and micronutrients are your you know vitamins and minerals. Um, it is likely that, and actually it's quite likely that most Canadians um, don't meet all their nutrient needs. Um, but that is not because they're not taking vitamins. That's because they're not eating properly. And so while vitamins can be helpful in filling those gaps, the best quality of those vitamins and minerals that you're missing is going to come from food. And it's the cheapest way to do it. And it's the most uh, biologically absorbable way uh, for people to get those, those missing nutrients. Um, so yes, vitamins and supplements do help. Not all of them, unfortunately, like there are some supplements out there that are really not backed up by any kind of science. Um, but like a multivitamin is going to be helpful. Um, you know, your vitamin C, uh, 
One that I would suggest that people take, people living in Canada, especially in the winter, is like a vitamin D supplement because we don't really get exposure to the sun. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of people are deficient in vitamin D this time of year. Um, And another one is omega-3. Just, again, that's in terms of diet. Uh, People don't necessarily get enough of that. Uh, So that would be one that is a common one uh, that people take. The fish oil thing? Yeah. 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 So what what does that actually do then, omega-3? Because I remember there was a whole omega-3, like, yeah burst into the scene like i know there's it's funny how these trends come and go um omega-3 is still around still important um i know we kind of forgot about it we moved on we started talking about gluten and then like coconut oil became a thing um but basically omega-3s are going to be uh they're essential for maintenance of heart health uh for cognitive health um just general body functions it's one of those uh oils that your body needs but can't manufacture um so if you're not consuming it um, you're not going to have it. You're not going to have it, yeah. So you might need to take a supplement. Yeah, so, and you said that helps with like brain health and heart health and yeah. all that stuff? Yeah. yeah. Helps okay. to reduce that inflammation as well. So going off of that, omega-3 sounds one of those like superfoods that are out there. Do you believe in those like superfoods? How like, I don't know, for a bit it was like kale is going to heal everything yeah. thing that you have wrong with you. <laughs> Do you believe in all that stuff or not really? I think that... It really depends on what you mean by superfood. There's no one food. There's no one food that's going to cure everything. It doesn't exist. There's no such thing. Um, because no one food meets all of your uh, nutrient needs. You know, There's no one food that is going to have all your needs of pro- protein, carbohydrates, fats uh, in, in a single dose. Like there's, It doesn't exist. Um, there are foods which are very high in a lot of nutrients, and that's great, and you should have those. Um, but the best way to ensure that you are meeting your health needs with foods um, is to consume a, a wide variety of foods. Um, you know, choose a lot of colorful produce and uh, eat your lean meats. Have some whole grains. Um, that's really the best. Uh, that those are those are the superfoods. Paying for school could be easier than you thought. This year, Student Life Network is giving away a life-changing prize package of cash, trips, shopping sprees, tech, and more to one lucky Canadian student. But you can only win if you're in the draw. Enter now at canadasluckystudent.com backslash REF backslash podcast. Again, that's canadasluckystudent.com backslash REF backslash podcast for your chance to win. Thanks for listening, everyone. So why was there the whole like superfood outbreak? It's a marketing tactic. It is? (laughs) Yeah. They're like, oh, buy these chia seeds because they're super. And people are like, wow, I will. And they're just, like, super expensive then, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no regulating body saying, like, this is a superfood and this is this is not. Anybody can call anything a superfood. Yeah. yeah. So, like, well, then, like, kale and quinoa were, like, the Yeah, no, they're great for, for you. Don't get me wrong. Like, they're I, I love kale and quinoa is great. Um, they're super, but they're not, like, a miracle food. Yeah. You know? So you would, like, if you can't, like, afford the quinoa, just brown rice? Brown rice is awesome. Kind of brown rice is my go-to. So there are, like, it almost seems like the superfoods were just, like, super expensive foods. <laughs> hmm, interesting how hmm. that works. <laughs> I think one plus one is equaling two here. Um, so looking back on everything we just talked about with foods and nutrition and 
going to the gym and all that stuff, where would you recommend students to go to to find accurate information about this? Because we all see all of these like fake sites that like yeah. try to promote their own brand, yeah, everything. So what would you recommend students go to? Is it like an app or website? Or? Yeah, I would. Well, first of all, I would definitely steer clear of anyone who's trying to sell you something. Um, so Instagram is unfortunately not a reliable source for your nutrition information. Um, and you know, uh, coconutoil.com is probably not a great site either. Um, but anything, usually uh, sites that are like .gov, um, .org are usually safe. Um, the Dietitians of Canada website has a lot of really great information and uh, recipes on there. Um, yeah, basically any kind of government regulated uh, site um, is going to be good. There's also one, I think it's called eTracker, E-A-T-R-A-C-K-E-R. Um, I think it's .com or .ca, um, and that one is a great source as well. Um, so it kind of breaks down all the nutrients that are in foods. Um, and does double it like, check that? Yeah. Th does that like double? Can you input of what you've eaten into that website? Yeah. So I mean, you can use that to uh, to track your daily intake. I um, mean, it's pretty accurate. So what about the new food pyramid thing? The food guide. Yeah, the food guide. Yeah. The food guide. Is that worth? looking at it is definitely worth looking at so i know there were some issues with the previous the food guide yeah. yeah it was not the best it was like um, sponsored by dairy of canada and yeah like, and the meat why? industry had a lot of sway as well it was uh it was interesting um and honestly just not very clear um i know a lot of people struggled to understand it it was weird it just it didn't really work um but the current food guide which i believe was released last year um is really good um so it promotes um not just you know, uh, specifics in terms of what to eat, but how to eat, um, which is really important. Like it talks about the importance of not eating alone if you can help it, um, and not being distracted while you're eating, preparing meals, um, and it kind of breaks down. Now it's just like a plate. So it's got half your plate should be fruit and veg, um, a quarter should be some kind of starch, carbohydrate, and then another quarter should be protein. Um, and it's even inclusive in terms of, um, you know, non-meat consuming uh, kinds of diets. So like I think it's got tofu on there, um, all kinds of different options. I think there's even some of the vegetables on there are frozen um, because honestly, especially for the students out there, frozen is a great option. Um, they're just, they have the exact same amount of nutrients as fresh uh, produce um, and they're so much cheaper. So like if you're throwing it in a stew or like in some kind of recipe where you're not really gonna notice that it's not crispy and fresh, who cares, you know, the, the nutrient value is the same. It's still there, yeah. yeah. So it, you said it's a circle now instead it's of It's a the, circle. It's a plate. Okay. So yeah. now, you, so you can actually like visualize yeah. what. Okay. That's yeah, actually awesome. really cool. I didn't know that. Um, so back to like your eattracker.com and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you have like workout apps? Because I know pe that's a huge thing, especially with like people my age always want to go to the gym, but they just like don't know where to they start don't know and what they to do. don't want to look like an idiot. Yeah. So do you have any recommendations of where people can to go to start that? Yeah, honestly, I, when I first started out, I used um, bodybuilding.com um, and that's a great sort of introductory website. I wouldn't say that it kind of stops there, um, but if you are going to the gym and you want to start strength training and you have absolutely no idea where to start, um, it gives you tons and tons of exercises to do that, you know, target specific body parts, um, yeah, and it breaks it down. There's like videos and instructions on how to do things. Um, so yeah, it makes it very, very clear, very so easy. Bodybuilding. So does that also have like, like recipes and stuff like that? It on does have well? recipes. Um, they're gonna try to sell you some supplements. So <laughs> just uh, you know, buyer beware. But uh, yeah, there's recipes on there too. I was actually meaning to ask this, and when we were talking about the supplements, but 
would you recommend like certain supplements to people who are doing like vegetarian diets? Would you like recommend them doing like protein? Because I know protein is a hard thing for them to get, or doing like iron pills and stuff. Like yeah, that. Um, protein not necessarily. It is something that uh, anyone who's doing a vegetarian or vegan diet should be mindful of. Um, again, when it comes to supplements, there's always a way to get it from food, and I always kind of suggest that first. Um, but I mean, in a pinch, you know, if you need protein, like protein. Uh, protein shakes are, are a good way to go. Just make sure that you're getting a good quality brand. Um, another thing that um, vegans especially need to watch out for is uh, B12 deficiency. Um, so that's a possible uh, supplement that uh, that they may need to take. And do you know what the symptoms of like B12 deficiency are? Quite fatigued. Like just sleeping all yeah, the time? Yeah, yeah. You're going to have very low energy if, okay. that, if you're low in B12. So if you have low energy, <laughs> check your B12. <laughs> So I've heard a lot about like two main diets and it's like the keto diet and the intermittent fasting diet. Could you quickly explain those and do you think it's smart for young people to do them? Yeah, so I mean, so the keto diet, um, essentially, I'm, I'm not sure the exact number, but it's essentially it's very low car carbohydrate consumption in a day. Uh, you're getting most of your calories from uh, proteins and fats. Um, I think it's, it depends on the diet. I think you're aiming for like 50 below grams of carbs a day, which is not very much. Seems like a little. It's, yeah, not very much at all. Um, and the idea of that is that it, you know, puts your, it targets ketogenesis essentially in your body, um, which is supposed to be beneficial for uh, burning fat. Um, and then the intermittent, intermittent fasting, oh, that's hard to say, um, is this idea that, you know, you only eat um, certain, I guess, certain periods of the day. So you're allowing your body to fast for longer than, perhaps a more conventional diet where, you know, you wake up, you eat breakfast, um, and, you know, you eat dinner, maybe you have a snack before bed, and then your body only really fasts while you're sleeping. Um, so it's kind of this idea of, like, pushing your first meal, you know, back or forward a few hours, um, and then not eating past a certain time in the evening. So you've got, like, a short window of so like eight hours eating eat. during the day. Yeah. yeah, or some people do less. Um, I really have seen a lot of different, uh, different ones out there. Eat everything in one hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get your entire nutrient serving in, in one meal. Um, I think honestly, I do think the intermittent fasting, um, is more sustainable than the ketogenic diet. And that's why I'm more inclined to, um, suggest that one to people. Um, but again, it's gotta be something that you can stick to, um, because, do, yeah. yeah, because while, I mean, all diets really are going to work short term. Um, so you'll see weight loss in, you know, the two, three weeks that you can sustain it. Um, and it'll be usually quite drastic because people are reducing their calorie consumption. But again, it's, it's just not sustainable. Um, and so that's why the diet essentially fails. You regain the weight. Um, so if you feel like you can stick to, you know, essentially all fat sources, like in the ketogenic diet, like if you want to eat, I don't know, eat avocados, yeah, yeah, like forever and like never have it on toast. You can't have your avocado toast. What are you going to eat your avocado yeah, with? Bread has a it's tragic, yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, I don't see that one as sustainable. It may be for some people. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely a bigger fan of the intermittent fasting, and especially because there is a lot of evidence to suggest that snacking you know, late at night is really not that great for you. Um, so that would be one that is more likely to work. And it almost seems like intermittent fasting, you can still like eat not whatever you want, but like healthier in like those eight hours and still like have yeah, food yeah. And again, I mean, there are limitations to that too. Like if you work late at night and then you get home when you're hungry, like you're gonna eat. You know, yeah. I'm not saying don't eat. You've got to find something that works for you. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think that one is more likely to work. So it's almost like you're saying base your diet on 
your own personal yeah. lifestyle. So we lifestyle are unique individuals. Lifestyle yeah. adjustments. So we talked a lot about how food can affect your outer appearance and all of that stuff. Do you know foods that help with like mental health, that help with like energy, that help with like stomach pains or something like that? Like, are there foods that you can target if you have those types of issues? Yeah. So I mean, the beauty of um, eating a wide variety of foods is that they're going to naturally kind of target issues within the body um, in terms of digestive issues. Anything that's, you know, unless you've got a pre uh, like a condition, you know, a pre-existing condition. Um, anything that's high in fiber is usually gonna gonna help with any sort of digestive upsets. Um, same with like mental health and energy. Um, there is some evidence to show that omega-3 rich foods or even a supplement um, may help uh, in terms of reducing depression, anxiety. Um, but not only that, like there's definitely, I mean, there's a lot of work to be done um, in terms of the research regarding nutrition and its effects on you know, mental health, for example. Um, but there's certainly something to be said for kind of the psychological benefit of following a diet that you know is good for you because it's that, that feeling of I am fueling myself with things that I know that are good for me. Do you ever notice how, you know, if you eat a really good breakfast and a good lunch and even a good dinner, and then you kind of feel great at the end of the day, yeah. you're like, look at me, like I've done so well. And it's that feeling of accomplishment versus when you eat something that you kind of know that you shouldn't, you know, you crush that pizza at the end of a, at the end of a night of drinking and you just kind of feel terrible about yourself. And sometimes, yeah, it's about the way it feels in your body. But a lot of the times it's because you feel like you've let yourself down. Um, so it's that feeling of, uh, you know, self-efficacy, that feeling of, yes, I can do this. I can stick to a diet that's good for me. And that is really good for your mental health to, to say that you're going to do something and stick to it. It's like the slow achievement of goals um, that really, really helps. Um, so I would say sticking to a good diet uh, is huge. Um, yeah. And then in terms of energy, like don't be afraid of carbs. Carbs are your friend. Your body loves them, uh, especially if you're a very active person. You need carbohydrates to fuel you. So don't be afraid of them. Um, I would be a little bit more choosy in terms of the kinds of carbs that you choose. So you want uh, whole grain sources if possible. So like, you know, choose uh, brown rice when you're looking for, uh, if you're having like breads or, you know, what have you, uh, look for stuff that is not just, you know, enriched white flour, but you want whole grain flour. Um, yeah. And just, you know, make good choices. And uh, I like, I like a life of balance. You know, if you want to do like an 80, 20, 90, 10 kind of balance with, uh, with food, I think uh, that's perfectly sustainable. I feel like you're trying to say don't hate what you eat. Yes, yeah. very much. Food is to be enjoyed. Yeah, Who so like if some, food? so say someone is doing like this diet and like they want to have like a cookie. It's yeah. Like, that's probably okay. That'll probably help you out a little bit. I think it's better as long as you are able to monitor yourself. If you are really craving a cookie, it's better to have the one cookie and say that was good. I feel fulfilled and move on than to deprive yourself, you know, for a week, two weeks, three weeks, and then all of a sudden, Have you're, six cookies. yeah, you're yeah. devouring, you're crushing that box of Oreos, you know, like it's, I think it's better to, you know, get that satisfaction where you need it and kind of tell yourself what's enough. Like, even have, like, a box of Oreos, just have one a day instead of 12 a day, you Yeah, know? before yeah. you know it, you're pouring the Oreos in a bowl and dumping <laughs> with, milk with on milk it. With milk and cereal, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, that not breakfast? ideal. It's a new one. Walk away, Karen. <laughs> just eating it, yeah. All right. So, one last question I want to ask here. Do you avoid certain foods that you notice um, a lot of other It's very conflicted. Eat? You know, people uh, think that it's a superfood, it's a miracle food, but... From what I have seen, um, there's no evidence to suggest that it's any better for you than olive oil. 
um, and olive oil is usually cheaper. Um, it's easier to cook with. Uh, it's a little bit more diverse. Um, the thing with coconut oil is that you've got to keep in mind that it's still a fat. So people who are eating coconut oil by the spoonful, um, all fats have nine calories per gram. So when you think about, you know, a tablespoon of oil, that's like, give or take, it's like 150 calories. Um, and for what? You know, do, do people really know why they're consuming that coconut oil? Um, yeah, it's not going to be some cure for, you know, cancer or Alzheimer's. It's just not. We, I'm, I mean, it's unlikely anyway. We, there's not enough research out there to, to tell us. Okay, so you mentioned a couple oils there that you said, like, coconut oil, olive oil, all that stuff. Which one do you cook with? Like, would you recommend one oil over the other or uh, just kind of steer clear of coconut? Yeah, not necessarily. I mean, coconut, it definitely has its place. Like, I mean, it's, it's nice for a lot of baking. It's got that kind of nutty, sweet flavor. Um, but for most kind of cooking, honestly, olive oil's fine. Canola oil's fine. There's no real difference between any of them? Eh, not really. Olive oil's a little higher in uh, antioxidants, I think, but either one is fine, really. Outside of that. All right, yeah. well, guys, cook with olive oil, apparently. <laughs> um, so thank you very much for joining us today. I had a great time. I hope you had fun. I did. It was all right. super. Beauty and I learned a lot of things that I didn't know before about how we're all lacking omega-3. <laughs> <laughs> This has been the Student to Student Podcast. For more content to help you get the most out of your student experience, follow me at J underscore Odota and visit studentlifenetwork.com for exclusive deals, scholarships, and giveaways like Canada's Lucky Student, the largest student giveaway in Canada.